Let's turn to the book of Matthew tonight. We'll be in Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15. And I have a uh, thought this evening that I want to uh, uh, present to us, and I believe it'll help us, uh, not just in uh, what we're in in the middle of our campaign now, but it'll help us in our Christian life. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 15. And I'm going to begin reading verse number 21. And then uh, as we look at this story, uh, finally verse number 21 through verse number 28, uh, there's a great truth that I want to pull out tonight and uh, hopefully be a help to us. Matthew chapter number 15, let's begin reading in verse number 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. It's an interesting account of Christ doing a miracle. And we have this woman who comes and uh, if you don't understand the context or you just look at the surface, you may say, uh, Christ sure was abrupt with her. Um, he referred to her as a dog. And you understand uh, Israel and those that were Israelites and those that were not Israelites, they did not care for each other. And even those that were not Israelites, they had a great disdain uh, for uh, the Jew, great disdain for the Israelite. But it was a two-way street. You think of all the times when Jesus had needs to go to Samaria and uh, he went to reach people. The disciples were not. Uh, and uh, it's, it's those of us that went to Israel this, might, this past year might recollect something. And it's like, you know, America and Israel, America and Israel. Yeah, we're, we're on the same team. Oh, no, those Orthodox Jews, they look at you like, like, I was like, now I understand why the rest of the world doesn't like you, but uh, uh, it's, just, it's just that same thought and feeling, but Christ was different. Uh, Christ um, tested her. I liken this, and I'll get to what I'm going to teach on tonight, I liken this to what I've been using as an example of the rich young ruler who came and said, I want to be your disciple. And Jesus went right to the heart of the matter, right to that which was going to be the test for him. Sell everything you have and follow me. Of course, he didn't do it. This is the same thing. Jesus did not look at her like a dog, but he referred to her as the disciples would have referred to her, as the religious would have referred to her, because she was not pure as they looked at purity. And he tested her faith. And we know the story. She comes back. He says, well, if, I, if I'm a dog at your table, that's not a bad place to be. That's not a bad place to be. And so I want us to see verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great 
is thy faith. What moved the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ? Faith. That woman that day got a miracle, but she also got salvation because who she believed on that day. She believed on him, and notice how she addresses him, have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David, acknowledging his deity, acknowledging who he was. So she received salvation, but she also received a miracle. And tonight I want to teach on this subject of growing your faith. And this is going to be part one of what I, I believe will be part two and not quite a part three in the week after. And uh, you can rest assured, I left part two. Uh, it's not in here with me, so uh, I, I won't stretch this thing out too far. Uh, but I want to I teach a very important, very important truth that I think we're going to bring out tonight on growing your faith. Father, I pray that what we hear tonight, what we see in your word, will indeed help us grow our faith. As we grow our faith, we grow in our ability to see miracles. As we grow in our faith, we grow in our ability to please you. As we grow in our faith, we grow in our ability to see miracles take place in the lives of others. And Father, may we learn some things tonight that will help us uh, as individuals. Uh, may it uh, help us in our individual faith, which in turn uh, would help our marriages, would help our homes, uh, would help our church, would help our world. And Father, may we be reminded of what moves your heart, and that is faith in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Make a statement to begin with. Many don't have faith, but they do not walk in the way that leads to faith. Let me say that again. Many do not have faith, but they do not walk in the way that leads to faith. All of us would say, I would love to have faith to do whatever. I wish I had the faith of, and we name uh, somebody from a previous generation, or we name somebody that we know that has great faith. And I think most Christians, if not the majority of Christians, understand the importance of faith in their life. And in our life, we should be growing as a Christian. We should be growing to be more like Christ which means our faith needs to be growing. Many times, and I don't want us to make this mistake tonight, many times we as Christians, when we have weak faith or we're not growing in our faith, we put the blame on God. Whether we acknowledge this in our mind or not, it's almost as if, God, why don't you give me more faith? I, I can't tell you how many times I have counseled with Christians, is like, yes, Pastor, that's what I know I need to do. I just wish I had the faith to do it. It's not going to float from the heavens. And we're not going to run out into the fields and try and catch the faith that falls from the skies. There's no faith trees planted out back that we go and we get the amount of faith that we need. The reason why we as Christians don't have the faith we need and we're not growing in our faith is we do not walk in a way that lends, us, lends for us to grow our faith. Let me just make a couple of statements that are, that are obvious and then I'll get to what I want to talk about tonight. 
Uh, if, you, if you're going to go live after the world, you're, you're going to have weak faith. I'll talk more about that next Wednesday. Uh, why don't, I, wish, I just don't have faith. Well, there I said I don't have faith, so then I'm relieved of my obligation to grow in my Christian life. That's not true. God, and that's why God is going to put us in situations for our faith to grow. If you want your faith to, to grow, how many of you want to please God? Let me see your hand. Okay, very good. We know enough about this book to know that if we're going to please God, then faith has to be involved. We know this because God tells us without faith, it is impossible. You think about this. When God says something's possible, it's possible whether you, see, you understand it or not. But when he says it's impossible, it's impossible. Whatever is not of faith, it is sin. So we need to strengthen, grow our faith. If you're going to be able to do all that God wants you to do in your Christian life, your faith's got to grow. As I continue to pastor this church, if, if I'm going to grow, then my faith has got to grow. If you're going to minister more to people, then your faith has got to grow. And a lot of times, we as Christians, why don't Christians have faith? Many don't have faith because they do not walk in the way that leads to faith. You, you take this woman that, we're, that is the subject of the story tonight. She went to where the Lord was. She was seeking Him. It's amazing that when she got in His presence, she had the faith she needed to get what she desired from Him. I don't know about you, but every time I come to church, my faith is strengthened. Every time I open this book, my faith is strengthened. I wish I could tell you there's never been times that, that I was not uh, weak in my faith. There, there are times that I just I had doubts. But when I go to the Word of God, I, I leave with a different perspective than I came. Uh, when I pray, my faith is strengthened. Many of you, you'd have stronger faith if you just get a consistent prayer life. If you just get a consistent walk with the Lord, your faith would grow. See, many times we don't have faith. I wonder who else was in the crowds around Jesus, and they needed a miracle as well, but they just did not do what was necessary to get from him what they needed. You think this was, this was not broadcast. Jesus' teachings was not broadcast on television. He would have been censored, by the way. Nobody was there with their cell phone doing a Facebook Live so the world could see. The, the, the fame of Jesus was spread by person to person. I heard he did this. I heard he said this. So-and-so's neighbor's cousin's son-in-law said, you know, one of those things, believes that he, this is the Messiah. There was no newspaper to read about. There was no internet to search. So this woman, as he comes to the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he is away from the Jewish safety zone, if you will. He's on the outskirts. He's, she had to approach him and make an effort to get to where he was. And when she 
made the effort and she went to where she had to go to get to him, it's amazing. She found what she needed. Now, bear in mind, and we'll talk about this more in just a moment, he didn't make it easy. And sometimes when God does not make it easy for us, then again we, well, I just I guess I just don't have faith. Well, faith doesn't come by that which is easy. You don't grow by that which is easy. You grow by that which is difficult. You grow by that which is a challenge. And there's too many, we, we, we complain, and, and it's certainly, it, it is troubling to see how soft America has gotten. And how soft, uh, it's, not, it's not masculine anymore, you have to say it's toxic masculinity. You know, it, you know well, thank you very much. I have to take that as a compliment. Uh, how soft uh, America has gotten. Uh, it doesn't come easy if it's soft. You have to work for it. So if you don't have faith tonight, it might be because you are not walking in the way that leads to faith. Sometimes Christians, they stumble because their faith is weak. Uh, they haven't been doing what is necessary for their faith to grow. Let me point out a few things about faith and about growing our faith that I think will be a help to us. This woman, as we know, God said in verse 28, O woman... Great is thy faith. That's what the Lord recognized in her was her faith. And by the way, that's when you and I got saved is when the faith was present. And well, how do you, how do I know if they, if it's a heart of faith, God sees it, God recognizes it. That's why somebody can sit on church pews and have gone through all the motions, but if they've never had that act of faith, a God in heaven knows he's never seen it. Sometimes we put our Pharisee glasses on and we look to those Pharisaical glasses and we look, well, they can't be saved. All they had to do was have, a, have that faith and God recognizes that act of faith. And in, in Jesus said, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Because of your faith, I'm going to give you what you came here and you had a desire in your heart for. I am going to, I wonder how many times, and this is just have a side note, how many things the Christians could have that God would get the desires of their heart if they just had the faith to go ask it from God. And he says, that, that, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So God recognized, Jesus recognized her faith as great. And so you say, well, well Pastor, you're talking about growing your faith. She had faith enough to make the journey to see Jesus and ask him. But when she asked him the first time, he said, no. Well, I tried. It took a growth in her faith to say, I'm not leaving that easy. Where am I going to go? Who else am I going to go see? And there's a few things I want us to see tonight and how God will lead you to a greater faith. I want to have greater faith. I want to have faith that pleases God. I trust you want that as well. I want you to grow in your faith. Part of my responsibility as, as your pastor is to help all of us grow in our faith. 
as a church, if we are going to accomplish what we can accomplish for the Lord, our faith has to grow. If we're going to please Him, well, Pastor, get this, this God with His campaign, this stretchiness, you think that pleases God for us to reprioritize things and say, okay, God, we're going to put you and keep you at the top so we can do more for you? Absolutely it does. But we have to, we please God. He wants us to grow in our faith. Why? Because He wants us to please Him. He wants to do miracles for us. He wants to answer our prayer. He wants us, as in the case of this woman, to have a miracle for somebody else. And because she sought Him, somebody else was the benefit of it. God wants all that for us, so God is going to lead us in a way that we can grow our faith. I'm going to give you a few tonight that might help recognize you instead of looking at God and saying, God, what are you doing? I think this will be the answer for many people tonight. Have you ever tried to figure God out? Uh, we got we to spend less time figuring Him out and more time trusting Him. But I think this will give some clarity to why God allows certain things to come into our life and how God responds to us when certain things comes into, come into our life. And He is going to grow, lead us to a greater faith, lead us in a way so that we can grow. The, the, the test is going to be whether or not uh, we stop until we get to where we need to go. Whether or not we give up or we, we're satisfied with the faith that we have, or we just say, it's not important enough for me to please God. You think about those who are mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 11, those unnamed martyrs who gave it all. They pleased God with their life because you think about those that were written in there, having heard the promise but never saw it. And we're faithful to the end. That's faith. You and I, as a child of God, have got to remain in a, in a place in our life where all that matters is if, is I, are, are, well, well, you know what I'm trying to say. Am I, trying to, am I pleasing God? Does my life please Him? God wants us to please Him. God wants us to grow in our faith, so He's going to lead us in a path that will help us grow our faith. Jesus was not being cruel in rebuking, it was that rebuke at first. He was leading her to a greater faith. And sometimes we look at God and say, God, I don't know why you're doing this to me, but he's leading us in a greater faith. This is how he leads us. Let me give you number one. He will test you. You know, it's easy to say that you'll serve God with your life. That's easy. It was so easy, I just said it. Some of you didn't even realize what I just said. It's because it's easy. It's easy to say amen when the preacher's preaching and saying, you ought to give God your life. Amen, preacher. That's easy. I mean, it's so easy more of you ought to do that, but it, it's easy. It's easy to, 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 be, to, to hear the story of somebody else and say, you know, I want that kind of faith. It's easy when the Spirit of God leads you and convicts you and grows you for you to say, that's what I'm going to do. But when you say you're going to do it, when you say you're going to be surrendered, when you say you want to grow in your faith, and you may, maybe pray a prayer, something like, God, I just want to be closer to you. He says, I'm going to test you in that. I'm going to see if you mean what you say. You, you have... 
young couples, you have these, you have single adults, they get, they get married, and now they form that home, and, and you say, I want to have a home that pleases and honors God, and I want to seek Him, and God says, I'm going to test it. That mother brings home that child, that first child from the nursery, and we even have a dedication service and dedicate those babies to, to Him and to His honor and His glory. Then God says, I'm going to test that. We have so many things in our life we, we say we want to do for him. He says, I'm going to test you. You don't, you don't pass unless you're actually tested. He'll test you. That's what he was doing in this story. He was testing. I mean, I, I, I can look back in my own life and I won't, as a young man. I said, God, you've got first place in my life. I'll serve you no matter what. You know what he says? I'll test you. As a church, Lord, we want to please you. We want to honor you. We want you to be pleased with us. We want to have power in our prayers. We want to have a testimony that honors you. And he says, I'll test you. But it's through that test you have greater faith. It's through that test your prayers are more powerful. It's through that test he even purifies you so that you can do more for him. How he's going to lead you to a greater faith, he'll test you. And so when God tests you, don't get upset at him. So many times I have to, I have to, figuratively speaking, talk Christians off of the bridge. Because something difficult comes in their life and it's like, it's, it's because I'm a failure. It's because of what, you know, what I did when I was in third grade at this, you know, it's because, you know, things I did before I got saved, it's, it's things I did when I wasn't right with God, it's this and that. And it's like, you never think it might be because God's just trying to grow your faith and test you so that you can grow? How many of you remember being back in school? Anybody? How was that one-room schoolhouse? Was it? I always wonder how that would be. Um, it's cold? Yeah. Um, you know, you couldn't get from one grade to the other until you passed your test. Or either you were so bad, they said, we're passing you anyway, so we don't have to put up with you anymore. You had to take the test. That's how you know you, you get to pass. Same is true in your Christian life. He will test you. Number two, are you ready for this one? He'll leave your prayers unanswered. God does answer prayer. In his timing. Oh, he had to remind me of that over and over again. I want to pray and him immediately answer. That's not even my favorite prayer. My favorite prayer is I don't even real I don't even go to prayer. It's just, Lord, it sure would be nice. And before I even know it, there you go. You know what I'm talking about? That's a good God. That's my favorite kind of prayer. Man, Lord, answer my prayer. I just, I just kind of, on a whim, said, it would be nice to have. And he said, here you go. I love that. But that's not every prayer. Lord, this is, this is something I need. Would you give it to me? He, the answer is coming tomorrow. I know. I know. Tomorrow comes. Lord, 
We discuss this. This is a good thing. This is something I need. This, this is going to affect others. Would you answer this prayer? Nothing. Sometimes when we ask and we ask and we ask and we ask and we ask, we get frustrated because we know we need it. We think we need it right now. And humanly speaking, we might need it right now from our viewpoint. But there's a God in heaven whose ways are above our ways, who can see things we can't see, who wants us to grow in our faith, says, I'm not going to answer that prayer. There's several examples in Scripture. I'm going to take the time to turn to them because uh, when, he, when, he, when, you, when you ask and he doesn't answer right away, it's something you really need. What are you prone to do? I'm going to ask again. I'm going to ask again. I'm going to ask again. You said you believe God answers prayer. You say you trust him and you want to go to him and go to him and go to him and go to him. And if he answered every prayer, the moment we thought it in our mind, our faith would never grow. God is such a good God that sometimes he's already got it in route before we even know we need it. He's taking care of us, and he blesses us beyond what we even need. Lord, sure would like to have, and it's already on its way when that thought enters our mind. That does not grow your faith. It just reminds you that you have a benevolent God who is above all things and knows your needs and will take care of you. But that's not growing your faith. When you ask it, and he doesn't send an answer... You've got to now go through your day trusting him. And when you pray it again and there's no answers, God, i got to have this. I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't, don't, don't have this answer from you. And he doesn't answer your prayer. You've got to trust him. And if I've got a greater need today than I had yesterday, my faith must increase because he has not answered And he doesn't answer our prayers, not because he's not able. Sometimes he answers them in a way that we don't even realize he's answering them. But it's because he wants us to grow our faith. So the point is, don't stop praying. I wonder because certainly if the Bible tells us that the world could not contain all the works of Jesus. I wonder if there was ever a time that's not recorded in Scripture when somebody came to him and said, would you? And he said, no. Or he posed a a response like this, and they would not grow in their faith. You and I must grow in our faith. Do you pray just to get... God wants it. Don't get me wrong. God wants us to pray so that we get our answers. But do you pray just to get an answer? Or is it the fact that you can talk to God? And sometimes, I mean, God knows. God knows that we are more prone to talk to Him when we got to have Him than when we don't have that great pressing need. So sometimes He'll delay an answer or He won't answer so that we keep going back. 
and going back and going back. Are you going to have faith in God if he tells you no? And sometimes, quite frankly, it's like, I prayed and asked God. He hadn't answered my prayer. Yeah, he did. He said no. We just don't accept that no. But God does answer prayer. Sometimes he'll delay and he'll delay and he'll delay and he'll delay. You know what you have to do? Your faith has to grow and grow and grow. And you remind him, you say, God, you said right here that you would answer prayer. You said right here that if we did this, you said right here, why haven't you done it? And he doesn't say it audibly, but it's almost as if he's saying, come back tomorrow. Okay, I'm back because I have no choice. Now, I, I told you yesterday that I wouldn't survive the day. I did, but disregard that. I won't survive today if you don't answer today. I, I have to have an answer by 3 o'clock you just have to do it. And sometimes he says, well, okay, come back tomorrow. From your viewpoint, you need it at 3 o'clock, but come back tomorrow. Now, now, Lord, I know I told you yesterday I had to have it at 3 o'clock, but disregard that. I got to have it today. We've all been there. What is he doing? He's growing our faith. Number three, We find an example of this in our text. How he leads you to a greater faith, he will humble you. Verse 22, he cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. You ever been that way? Oh, this is such a great, that's a big need. I, as soon as I mention it, he, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. He, did, he answered her not a word. May we be reminded that none of us, except through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, have a right to access the throne of God. And sometimes, in order for us to grow our faith, sometimes we have to be reminded exactly who and what we are. Now, we're somebody because God in heaven loves us and because the God in heaven sent his son to die and pay for us. But except for the applied blood of Christ, we have no right to access the throne of God. We have no right to speak to him. God, I, I, I demand, sometimes we act this way with God, I demand you do this for me because it will relieve pressure from me. It will take a burden off of me. But God doesn't see it the way you and I see it. God says, I want to grow your faith. I want to allow your faith to grow so that, I, so that you can please me in a greater way. We just want the burden gone. We just want one less thing to worry about. We just don't want any difficult, the difficult situation. We don't want the pressure. We just want, we just want it relieved. But God in heaven wants us to grow. We have to be reminded of that. And sometimes he will humble us. He answered not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She crieth after us. Oh, Lord, sit. she's been bothering us. She won't listen to us. We've been telling her to leave. Maybe if you send her away. 
But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's reminding them, that's, that's who I'm here for. Verse 25, then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Don't miss that. When she first approached him, she said, I have a need. Give it to me. Not exactly how she said it. That's what she was saying. Have you and I ever approached God that way? I have a need. Give it to me. I have a desire. Give it to me. Some things are personal desires of ours. Others are things that we're burdened with. They're, they're, they're good things. We're not asking amiss. We're, we're, we're asking as, as God instructs us to give. But we approach God with, hey, I know you can do this. And, and it, I, I have never, because of the way I was taught, the home I was reared in, growing up in church, I've never doubted the, the ability of God. Never. I know what God to, can do, but I, I would, would fall in this category with, with everybody else. That sometimes, because we know what God can do, we think we can just walk right in and say, do this for me. Now, let me remind you, sometimes God's already sending something that we haven't even prayed yet because he's that good of a God. But she approached him and said, this is what I want. I don't think there's anything with going to God and saying, this is what I want. I think he tells us to do that. He didn't even answer her. Then when she came back to him, she came, she, in verse 25, and worshipped him. She had to go to her knees and worship him. You know, if God doesn't answer your prayer, he's still worthy of worship. If God doesn't jump when you snap, why don't you try worshiping? She had to be humbled. You know, I wonder what it would do with the child of God if they were humble. Don't, don't miss. There's a lot of talk about We need revival in our country. There's a lot of talk about how this is how it needs to be done. You cannot do it unless there's a humbling. Quite frankly, we're a long way from that as a nation. We're a long way from that as Christian people. Why don't you try the approach of humility? I thought, I thought it was going to be different for me. But Lord, I, I'm going to, I approach you now just worshiping you. It's a hum, humility. Then it goes on. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. But then the humility of her heart is revealed, and she said, Truth, Lord. You know what most people would say? I'm not a dog. But she realized in the presence of the Son of God, Exactly what she was. You know what would help your faith grow and my faith grow? It's if we were reminded of what we really are. A dog is not worthy 
to get anything from God. We sometimes are secure in our faith enough to say, this is what I think I have. God says, no, you need to grow. But you're going to have to be humbled. And while he ignored her at first, then he addressed her as a dog, which the Jews would have addressed her as a dog. He, he treated her that same way to see where her humility was because she knew who he was. She addressed him as such. What is your, gonna, what is your response going to be to me? And quite frankly, there's too many Christians today that are blaming God, blaming the church, blaming the Word of God, blaming their upbringing because of things didn't work out. And when God tested them and God said, I want to humble you, they said, who do you think you are, God? I don't deserve this. You and I deserve nothing but hell. And But for the grace of God, through the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, something that I remind myself of often, and there was one of those times in my life many, many years ago where it just switched in my brain. Any, anything above hell is okay. And if Christians would live that way, I don't ever have to go to hell. And so whatever God allows me to have, that's a bonus. He lets me live on His planet, breathe His air, if I have to struggle, I don't ever have to go to hell. If all of my dreams don't ever get fulfilled, I don't have to go to hell. If, 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 if I have to carry burdens and deal with heartaches, anything that, that, that I, above hell, because that's what I deserve. And sometimes he has to humble us because God does bless us. And God is a God who does miracles. Sometimes... If our faith is really going to grow, we've got to see him as he really is. And not just see him as he is, but see us as we really are. She said, truth, Lord. She's not storming out. She's not grabbing the kids and leaving. And can go find another place to worship. She said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You don't have to throw me bread. I'll take the crumbs. Because sometimes God has to humble us to get our faith to grow. Because what is faith? Complete dependence on another. And sometimes, quite frankly, we are just too self-sufficient. And God has to remind us that we need Him. God has to remind us that we can't take care of ourselves Friend, don't ever get to the place where you, you forget that you didn't save you. Let's never get to the place where we, we forget that we didn't give ourselves life. Let's, let's never get to the place where we forget that it's not our air. We don't have a right to the air we breathe. There's a God in heaven who keeps our heart pumping. There's a God in heaven who watches over us. And sometimes he just needs to remind us who he is and who we are. And, 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 and let's have the same response as this, as this woman and say, you're right, I'll take whatever you give me. And, and especially the young people, don't fall into this trap of this world that you deserve this and you ought to have this and, and this is what, what should come this, your way and, and life's just not fair. Friend, life is not fair, but we have a God 
who we can please and we can serve and we can grow in our faith, but sometimes you just got to be humbled so that your faith can grow. And then number four, turn with me to Exodus 16 very quickly. This will illustrate the last point I want to make. And I remind you, it was after she was humbled that he recognized the faith as great. Exodus chapter number 16, familiar part of the history of the nation of Israel. Exodus 16, verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, gather of it every man according to his eating and omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. This is the manna that God is providing. Verse 17, And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathereth much had nothing over, and he that gathereth little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it, verse 21, every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. God provided manna. Now, I've often said this is chalupas, and if you, if you were a student of the word, you would understand. Um, but God provided heavenly food for them. He gave them the instruction, this is how much you take every day. And some said, well, I'm going to take advantage of God. And I'm going to gather up more because, you know, there's a rainy day. To use terminology of the day, I'm going to gather up more because, you know, we need to make sure, you know, the economy, we have to watch that. He said, no, gather a certain amount, just enough for the day. And some said, we're going to do it. And in the middle of the night, the worms got it. And Moses was wroth, and he was angry. You didn't listen to what God said. And then from then on, you know what they did? They went out there every day, got what they needed for the day. And when the sun came out, it all melted away. Do you know what they had to do the next day? We got to go out there and we got to have the food that God gave us. And we, something is, is coming to memory. Give us this day our daily bread. This is number four. This is how he leads you to a greater faith. He will keep you dependent. He will keep you dependent. You know, being dependent on God is not bad. You know, I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed certain individuals to cross our path. I believe God does that. I believe He has with the architects we're using. I believe He has with, uh, with those that are helping us with the, the, the financing and things of that nature. I believe, I believe He has. Because one thing they understand, and, and they verbalize this, is if a church is really what a church is supposed to be, they don't have millions of dollars in the bank. Because they should be sending another missionary. They should be starting another church. They should be running another bus. They should be do doing the things. They should be doing the gospel. But you know what doing that? It keeps us dependent. 
Well, I can't tell you how many times, and Brother Barbara, you dealt with the finances for, for a long, long time in the church. How many times? It's like, well, what are we? Well, we're good for this long. And we've never lacked. Because God takes care. It's not bad to be dependent on Him. And I believe, and we're teaching this through our, our stewardship series of being wise with your money. But it's not bad to be dependent. And that's what he did with his own people. And there was never a day when they went out there and the manna was not there. It was there. There was no need to lay it up because God was going to give it to them every single day. And if I'm going to take you to the promised land, you need to depend on me every single day. I was a big enough God to get you out of Egypt. I was a big enough God to get you out of slavery. I was a big enough God to, to take you across the Red Sea. Now, you depend on me. You can depend on me. If you're going to get to where I want to take you, you have got to depend on me. And they had to grow in their faith in their God. They believed there was a Jehovah God. They actually had faith in him because of what he had seen. But he wanted them to have greater faith where they thought nothing about their provision. They thought nothing about being cared for because we are depending on God. And many times in the life of a Christian, God keeps his children dependent on him so that our faith can grow. Many of you have to, have to deal with health issues. You have to deal with, you have questions about your health. Say, why in the world am I dealing with this? He wants you to be dependent on him. And in some cases, it's financial. He wants you to be dependent on him. Oh, my job is up in the air. Don't depend on that company. They depend on him. We depend on him. Our faith grows. Our faith grows. Our faith grows. And when our faith grows, we please him more. And what happens when we please God in a greater way? He opens that window up a little bit wider in heaven and has, so the blessings can come out because we are pleasing him. We must depend on him. Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to have it. How much strength do I need? You'll have enough. I don't know if I have any more for tomorrow. Just get through the day. And tomorrow, he'll get you through that too. Well, okay, I'm with you on that, Pastor. But not next week. Okay. What's not here yet? You have to depend on him. He wants us to have a faith that grows. The woman in our story tonight, she not only got salvation, which is the most important thing, she got the miracle because of her faith. I believe God is still a miracle-working God. God has done miracles today in your life and my life. We just don't, and some of them we don't even realize. As I look around the room, there's some of you that it was going to run out for you years ago. And God's still taking care of you. God's still providing for you. Being dependent on God is not a bad thing. You know, we live in a day of technology. We live in a day of all of the things. And unfortunately, so many have uh, left the Word of God and tried to depend on technology to do what the Spirit of God will do. 
So, well, if you don't do this and you don't do this and you don't do this, then you just, you're, it's just not going to, no, it's okay to depend on God. It's okay to depend on Him. And we're right in the middle, as you know, because I talk an awful lot about it every service. And then there's random emails and people are stalking you with phone calls too now. We're right in the middle of a building campaign. I believe it is the most important one in our church's history. Pastor, why do you believe that? Because it's the one right now. I, I believe it is. I believe it's vital. I just, if I was, dude, depend on God. Not a bad place to be. Matter of fact, when it comes to our faith, it's the only place to be. And God will do things in your life, in my life, and we should not get angry at Him. We should not get bitter at Him. He will do things we don't understand and we don't like, and it makes it more difficult even to serve Him. Some of you serve God in greater ways until you lost your health. Your, one of your greatest frustrations is what you can't do. It takes you greater faith to do what it is that you do than if you had your health. What's God done? Made you dependent on Him. And so your faith can grow, grow, grow. How long did you pray for Ivan, Kim? 28 years he prayed for Ivan to be saved. You think God wanted Ivan to be saved? And if you know Ivan as being saved, you can only imagine he needed to be saved. Surely God wanted Ivan to be saved. For 28 years she prayed. You got more faith now, Daniel? Yeah. I look around the room and all of us have situations in our life, and if you have not had them or you don't have them now, they're coming it's not because God is not benevolent. It's not because God is cruel. It's not because God is uncaring. It's because God says, I want your faith to grow. And I'm going to lead you in a way for your faith to grow. As the Emmanuel Baptist Church, God is going to put us in situations to depend on Him. To grow as a church. We must continue to do that. Let's allow God to lead us. Now, next week, I'm going to give you some things of how to continue to make your faith grow. This is just introduction. I'm going to give us the outline next week of some things uh, that we can do in our life to make our faith go. This is what God does. He leads us in a way. Next week, we'll talk about what we can do to make our faith grow. Father, I pray that